that, but today is the last day of the series. We're done. And I, I'm, I'm excited tonight. We're just going to, one week on, on this last one, group multiplication. We spent most of the past four months talking about these principles of being living lives that are Holy Spirit empowered, being people of prayer, growing in discipleship and understanding the importance to be part of God's plan to disciple the world, growing spiritually, living in community. We spent about four weeks, three or four weeks, talking about evangelism, the need to, to evangelize and reach the lost. And this morning, we're ending in group multiplication. And I didn't prep that, but every week it's been there. This would be the only week if it's not. Do we have the definition? It's been ready. We're going to read this together one last time. And this is what we've been going for the last uh, four months. At the core of Big Bear Christian Center are life groups of 3 to 15 people that meet weekly throughout Big Bear Valley. Empowered by the Holy Spirit through prayer, their purpose is to make disciples through spiritual growth, community, and evangelism, resulting in group multiplication. That's, that's the, the core statement that we have for our life groups here at Christian Center. And the end here that we've been, after talking about all these, is resulting in group multiplication. We spent these last four months talking about living lives that would be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We weren't just spending time up here teaching these things, but really encouraging that we might begin to press forward and press into God and say, God, we don't want to live a natural life. We want to live a supernatural life. We don't want to just go and do things in our own strength. We want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. In our life group this last Wednesday, we had a great time talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit and living in the power of the Holy Spirit. There, we still need to grow in our understanding and then step out in faith and begin to live in that power. And that was the very first thing we started talking about at the beginning because that's where it all starts. Once we're saved, we need to get the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. We went right on and spent time learning about prayer and different types of prayer. We talked about fasting to become a people that would be a people of prayer. Because I believe that everything happens through prayer. That, that God chooses for whatever reason. And it boggles me. He doesn't have to choose to work through prayer. But He chooses to wait for people to pray. He could intervene all the time and never require one person to pray. But he chose that he would work through men and women of God who would turn their hearts to him and pray. That's something we continually need to do. As we, as we went on, we talked about what, what discipleship was. That, that The call was that we were supposed to go not just make converts into the world, but God wanted us to go and make disciples. And really we talked about the three of the ingredients of being a disciple. One of them was spiritual growth. That in order to become a, a, a disciple of Christ, we each individually have to grow spiritually. We have to understand His ways and His will more. We have to grow in our knowledge of the Word and our, our understanding and our knowledge and also the application of the Word of God. We talked about being people 
who would be um, biblically minded, not just naturally minded. That we would get a biblical worldview. That we would grow spiritually. And that was part of discipleship. We spent a number of great weeks talking about what community was, living in community, the importance of brothers being together, of sisters working together, living just beyond just seeing each other on one day a week, beyond living, seeing each other on a life group, but actually sharing in each other's burdens and concerns and being there for one another. In the last couple of weeks, Corey and I, we've, we've really, over the last couple of years, have built a, a friendship and relationship. We live in community and, and he's come to my rescue a, few, a, a number of times with my vehicles. I've had a cursed car month. You know, right before we went to Mexico, Shannon was at the at, at uh, tennis practice for the, the kids. They were playing tennis. She called and says the car is broken down. So we go there and and uh, you didn't know it just wasn't. It was turning over, wasn't starting. So we're thinking, you know, fuel filter and fuel pump. We tore that thing apart. Found out that there was not one fuel pump, of two fuel pumps in two different tanks. And he spent, I mean, almost a week working on our car when we were in Mexico. And after that, the battery went out. And after that, my window broke and it wouldn't raise up. And two days ago, my starter went out in my, in my truck. And so, I mean, it's just been, yeah, don't let me borrow your car. That's what you learn from that. And so, but, you know, living in community, Corey's come and he's, and he's helped and we've, you know, we've worked together. I've watched him as he got dirty and, you know, I held the nut here or something and, but he gave of himself. He gave of his time and help, and that's what we're learning to do. And in, our, in the life groups, I hear the stories when somebody's sick and bringing food. Or That's what living in community is about. It's not just about seeing each other and, and having a, even having a meal, but actually doing life and being part of one another's life. And so then for the last four weeks, we started talking about evangelism. And that's that scary thing in the church that we feel condemned so much about that we're not doing it enough. But the world is lost, it's dying. And we need to be part of the solution, and that's to go into all the world and preach the good news. We do it through our life, we do it through our words, but we, the world is lost and dying, and they need more than church. They need a living, risen Lord, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we are the ones who have the opportunity and the mandate to, to fulfill that call to evangelize the world. And we're ending this morning in group multiplication. And when we came up with this definition, which took, took a lot of time to really come up with a sentence that talked about what we believed in life groups, it was really important that we ended it with these statements. All of these things, if we do these, will result in the last one. That's not our goal. That's the result. We're, we, we don't do everything just so we can have lots of groups. I mean, you know, having a lot of people is, is a lot of fun. Having a lot of groups that can be dynamic and there's great things to it. But the vision is not that. The vision is this. And if we do this, this will happen. Group multiplication, multiplication in general in our lives happens because of health. What's the purpose of multiplication? As we're going into this message this morning... The first part is that it's a biblical mandate. It's a biblical purpose. We don't just do groups to get more groups so we can have, we say we have a lot of people and have the biggest church or the most groups of, of small groups in, in Big Bear. But I believe at the very even beginning, the foundation, God set a principle, a natural principle that I believe applies in the spiritual realm. One of the, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, 
He created Adam and Eve and he gave them the mandate, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Well, a lot of people say six billion people, the earth is full. It's subdued. But I believe there's a spiritual implication there that cries out to us as Christians. Multiply, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. The earth needs to be subdued. The earth needs to be filled for Jesus. His call to Christians is that we would be fruitful in our lives as Christians. That we would multiply ourselves in the lives of others. That we would fill the earth with His glory, with His name, with Christendom. Not in religious form, but in the name and in the power of Jesus. That the earth would be full of a witness for Jesus and lives changed in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that it would be subdued and the enemy would be pushed back. The mandate to fill the earth and subdue it is, is incredible. Christianity isn't growing as fast as, as Islam is. Islam is outpacing Christianity in percentage of growth. And we need to begin to change that tide once again because we don't want to be on the losing side because those that convert to Islam, those that don't know Jesus, it's not just an ideology. It's not just a philosophy that they're believing. It's a, it's, it's a philosophy that ends in death and hell. We're not just talking about ideological differences. We're talking, we have the words to life because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so part of our mandate is to fill the earth with, with His glory. And so multiplication is part of that mandate. We're not just supposed to add, but we're supposed to multiply out. God sees exponential growth, and that's what it takes to reach the lost. Just to reach, to reach the lost. If we double ourselves every year, the world would be one to Jesus in a very short time. So Genesis 1.20, be fruitful, multiply. Matthew 28.19, again, one of the, 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 the gospel mandates to go and preach the gospel. But Matthew 28, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. He tells us first to go. I mean, he's, he's, he's taught us. He's, he's, he spent time with the disciples. He lived a life. He lived an example. And his final thrust is go into all the world and make disciples. He says, well, that's great. We'll make disciples. But he says, then part of that is teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And I just commanded you to go into the world. So as you do this, then they do this and you are multiplying your efforts in somebody else. We're not just talking about one person making millions of disciples, but one person making a disciple who will make another disciple who will make another disciple and so on. God's order is for us is to multiply ourselves in the lives of others. Too, too often I hear in, in, in Christianity, oh, don't, don't look to me. I'm, I'm human. I'm a sinner. You know, look to Jesus. Don't follow me. Follow Jesus. That's not what we're supposed to do. Paul says, follow me as I follow him. Our mandate is to make disciples. And that disciple, we should be able to say, I'm not perfect, but I'm following the light. And when I fall, I'll get up again. I'll ask your forgiveness. 
I'll ask His forgiveness and I'll move on again. We make disciples that can follow our way of life. And that's part of the multiplication process. We're supposed to multiply the life of Jesus inside of us into other people. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. The first part is for us this morning. Receive this word. You therefore, my son and daughters, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And here goes the, the mandate. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. The things you've heard from me, commit to others who will then be, teach to others. The idea of multiplication is a biblical principle. We're supposed to be multiplying the life of Christ over and over and over. And then we expand that and then we say we multiply small groups over and over and over. And then we can get that larger and say we multiply churches and do church plants over and over and over. Everything should be multiplying. We should not be stagnant. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be just stopping. We shouldn't just be growing even a big, big, big building. But, but multiplying into other places. And that, I believe, is such a big biblical principle. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. And I believe as we do these, the last one is going to happen. The last part is going to be a natural byproduct because we're, we're growing and we're, we're growing spiritually. We're growing in numbers. And, and specifically in life groups that, that by nature of the, of the definition of a life group, if a life group is only 3 to 15 people, you're going to get so large, you're going to say, what are we going to do now? We have to make another one. The result is that. Think about Jesus. He raised up 12 disciples. And each one he taught and they each became leaders and ministers and evangelists. And they changed the world. When Jesus left the earth, I, I see 120 people that were committed and dedicated. And they multiplied their efforts over and over again. And, and we have so many Christians today. We need to continue to multiply. So the first part, what's the purpose of multiplication? It's biblical. We just follow a biblical principle. Two, it's a sign of health and life. Multiplication, growing ourselves, is a sign that life is happening and that there is health. Every living organism multiplies itself. So even on a cellular level, our cells are multiplying and growing all the time. It's just what living things do. They multiply. They grow. They, they keep expanding. On a biological level, plants and trees, they want to expand. They want to multiply. It was a, it's been a pretty bad pollen year this year. Right? I mean, you know, this year was like, what happened? I don't know. It was the right heat, right amount of water, but it was pretty bad for a while. I mean, my desk had just a thick layer of, of, of multiplication on top of it. <laughs> You know, trees and plants, they want to multiply and they send out their thing to get multiplied. And the, the pine cones, we cleaned up bags of pine cones. There's still more around. The trees are dropping that. They are built to multiply. Living things want to multiply. You can't stop it. There's a fly, the mayfly. Anyone familiar with the mayfly? It lives as short as 20 minutes, as long as 48 hours. That's its, life, its lifespan. It lives so short, it doesn't have a mouth. It cannot eat. Mayflies do not eat. They have one purpose in life. 
I've met some guys like that. One purpose in life. Hey, baby. They're born, and that's the, all they do is they go and reproduce. They don't even eat. Nature is just all about reproduction. Am I red? Am I red? Some of you are. It's all over. Living things, healthy things, reproduce. I think as we live healthily, we'll multiply. Our lives will be multiplied in others. Even you think of, of the family of the family situation. Parents begin to have they, they grow when they get mature, they begin to have children. They multiply themselves and multiply themselves. Do you know if if a if parents have two kids and each of those kids just have two and no more, that in twenty generations those two people will have will have caused a million they'll have a million people in their downline in 20 years if they only have two kids each. Multiplication. 20 generations. Life is about multiplying. It's a byproduct of health. And so this morning, we're actually going to be celebrating multiplication here in the church as we encourage to look beyond ourselves and to think, you know, it's it's all about me. We got that song we sing, It's all about you. I think often we should change that. It's all about me. <laughs> we are so narcissistic in our society. We're so inward. We just think it's all about us. You know, and our song should be, Some to Jesus' eyes. <laughs> you know, it needs to become all about Him, all to Him. And that's what, that's health. As we understand that we have to get outside of ourselves, Lord, it's about you and the kingdom of God growing in our life, in the lives of those around us, in this community, and in the world at large. It's a sign of health and life. As we talk and narrow this down, because I want to encourage us as individuals that we should be about multiplying. Your life should be multiplied into the lives of others. It should be happening. But specifically as we talk about Life groups and the, and the idea of the life groups multiplying. One of the challenges of, of multiplying a life group, and we're about to multiply. We're going to pray for two groups. We have two groups in the church that are multiplying in the next month. And we're going to be praying for those today, talking about that. But one of the, the, the fears about multiplying is it's what's going to happen. We're going to break up our family and where am I going to go and who, what are we going to do? And I'm, not going, I'm going to miss them because they're not going to be in our group. Because it, it, it's, it's difficult, but there's a saying, and it's simply this, healthy things grow. I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard this. Healthy things grow. Things that are healthy begin to grow. I'm healthy. <laughs> Growing things change. Growing things change. As, as, you know, I'm, I'm watching my kids. They're, they're all growing. They're healthy and they're growing. And as they grow, they change. Even their personalities change. Their looks change. Their strength changed. Their voices changed. But, but growing things change. We've, we've, you know, look out at the trees. And when we were doing Pastor Jeff's celebration, we saw a picture of them putting in the original sign of Christian Center. And I looked behind the sign, which is this front area right here. And it was, there was no scrub brush, no sage, nothing, just a few little trees. And, and now I go out and look and it's full. It's, it's growing and it's changing. Life is changing. Oh, I went to, um, Yellowstone in 19, 
98, I believe it was, a couple, it was, it was like nine or ten years after the big fires in 89. And the place had exploded. Now, if you were there right after the fires, it was just, it was dead, it was desolate. It was very sad. Did anyone go right after the fires to Yellowstone? It, it must have been horrible, just matchsticks. You think, oh, it's all so dead. When we went uh, nine or ten years after the fires, the undergrowth, the underbrush had grown up so much. And when they actually discovered that what had happened over the years is the trees had grown up and the canopy layer was blocking the sun and all the little bushes below couldn't grow anymore. And so the animals were leaving Yellowstone because the scrub brush and the little brush had, was, was too sparse. And as the fire came and actually burnt the overgrowth of the trees, the smaller brush began to grow again and the deer came back. Growing things change. It's growing and it changes. And it might look real different. Yellowstone looked very different. But it was growing and it was changing. Change challenges. Whenever there's change, it challenges us. You know, any of you who have had any changes at all, you go, oh, amen. <laughs> change is a challenge. You know, you change a job, you change a location, you change... Thing, you know, adding kids, that changes things. And it's a challenge. And this is where we're talking about as we're growing our life groups. We go, now we're challenged because we have to change and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard. It's going to hurt to not meet weekly with some of our friends. And, but challenge forces us to trust God. When we're challenged, that means that we're having a difficulty overcoming it. It's not easy anymore. So challenge will help us to trust God. And so that change that challenges us should begin to say, God, I need you. I need to trust you that you have the best for me. That you're going to take care of me. That your word is true. As we do that, trust leads to obedience. As we trust Him we begin to obey Him more. And we have to just obey because we trust somebody. It's the old leap of faith. You know, trust me, just jump. We obey God more as we trust Him. And finally, obedience makes us healthier. Obedience makes us healthy and we go full swing back around and we're back at being healthy and we start the process over. And those of you who have walked through the process longer than me go... It's, it's true, it's just this big process that, that we grow and then we change and then we get challenged and then we trust and we have to walk in obedience and if we do all these things, we become healthier. And then the, pro the process goes. And we're talking about learning and growing to be healthy and, and, and in the point of changing and group multiplication being challenged in this moment of change. That we need to press forward and trust that God has a plan that is greater and mightier. See, in group multiplication, we're supposed to trust and grow and other people will be added into our, our, our groups and into our community, into our family. We, we've been running, we've had, we had 19 people two weeks ago in our group. Um, I mean, it's just, we are packed out. And if we don't multiply, if we don't do something, in fact, you know, if, if, if I was willing to and I'm not willing to do this, we'd just watch it happen. If we met together 18 or 19 people, for any length of time, within four to six, eight weeks, we'd shrink back to about 12. Because it's just too crowded. There's too much happening there. And so we need to say we're ready. We're going to multiply. We're going to start another group. 
So what does it take? What, what needs to take place in order for life groups to multiply? And that's what I'm encouraging all of us as we're encouraging everyone to be in a life group here. Um, the first thing, prayer. Prayer. As we're growing in our faiths and growing in our life groups, we need to become people of prayer. Nothing happens apart from prayer. We're going right back over at the beginning. We need to be people of prayer, praying for the lost, praying for each other. Um, cell churches all around the world, churches that have, have transitioned into where their, their focus for ministry is raising up leaders to pastor and shepherd small groups of people, and they put their whole churches, rather than only coming to a Sunday celebration, they organize in small group ministry, and they call them cell groups. All over the world, they, they put prayer as is, is one of the top reasons for their success in growing and multiply, multiplication of groups. Um, there's a church in Seoul, Korea, Yuido Full Gospel Church. When one of their leaders fails to be able to multiply their group, they send that leader to Prayer Mountain to pray and fast. They send them. They go, no, you didn't multiply your group? Go pray. It's not a punishment. It's like you're missing something. Go, go pray. And, you know, prayer is so important in, in the idea. And so the very first thing we need to become is people of prayer, praying for our groups. Second thing, and we're going we're gonna to move kind of quickly through these because we're going to uh, pray for some of our group leaders this morning. Um, in order, so we have to pray. The second thing we have to do in order to multiply a group, you need two leaders. You can't multiply a group if you don't have another leader to, to lead the other group. What does that mean? You're making a disciple. In order to multiply a group, you have to make a disciple. You've got to help somebody grow up in their ability to lead people and to pray for people and to shepherd people. And so you're, re, you're, you're, you're making a disciple. You're teaching them how to grow spiritually. And so discipleship has to be taking place, but not just with a leader. I believe in order to have a good, healthy life group, you need to have a leader and a core person. Somebody who's one or two core people that are committed and going to walk through this. So you're discipling people around you. You're discipling a few people. And, and then once they're ready, you multiply the group and then they start the process immediately and begin to disciple more people. Third thing, we need to grow spiritually. Personally, but the group needs to be growing spiritually. And, I've, and that's a, we're right there. If people aren't growing spiritually, they, they cease to become part of the life group. Sin either takes back over and they just leave or they're not challenged in the Word and they're not challenged in their spiritual life. So we need to challenge one another within our life groups to grow spiritually. Check people. How is your Bible reading? How is your Bible memorization? That needs to be happening on a regular basis. We have prayer. We have discipleship. We have spiritual growth. And then in order for a group to multiply, it's got to grow physically. It's got to grow in numbers. You don't multiply a group of five people and make it two, two groups of two and a half. We have to be looking into our community. And I tell you, we've got, we've got an evangelist in our, in our group, and it's, it's not the person you would think. Corey's mom brings everybody to group. She is like, she's just a magnet for, for unsaved people, and she gets them there. I mean, I've asked people to come, and they don't come, but she's probably the reason of, of 50% of the growth of our group is Christy brings these, these people who need Jesus and are, are struggling and we're just growing and growing and growing. But we need to, we need to be looking into our, our, our neighborhoods, into our workplaces, into the, the places that we frequent and say, you know, this person needs Jesus and get them into a, into a life group. Not because 
life groups are the answer to life, but there is life when you gather together regularly with a group of, of other believers. So evangelism has got to be part. So we've got to pray. We've got to make disciples. We've got to grow spiritually. We, we, we need to be doing evangelism. The whole part of being in life group should be that we're a community. We need to live in community. So those are, those are some of the things that need to take place. And that's what's taken place in some of these groups. Some of these groups, in the groups that are multiplying, um, Karen Cumberland and Sue Walter's group, it's, I was looking, I think they've got 13 people now in their group. Their, their multiplication is, is going to happen, it'll happen this year. It's exciting. And, um, and what, what's happening in their group right now is really, really neat. Each week, they're trading off leading the, the word time in their group. And uh, sorry about last week when you didn't get, get, the, get the guide. Thank you. Jill led and she didn't have a facilitation guide because I got too busy on the roof. Other people did the same thing. It'll be out this week, I promise. But, but there, people are growing and it's not just one person who's leading and growing. It's about everyone learning and, and, and taking some responsibility and growing. And that's what's happening in these groups. And so I'm excited because um, we put this banner up. At the beginning of the year, we had a goal. Twelve groups with 12 people each in 2012. And that's been, been something we've been going for. We want to have 12 life groups. We, we started the year, um, I think we started the year at, at 10, went backwards, lost a group or two, went back up to 10, and we're at 10 right now. So we wanted to have 12 groups, but on average we wanted 12 people in each, and that's a lot of people in a group. But that would say, if, boy, if we could get 12 groups with 12 people each, each of those groups would be ready to multiply for next year. So this was a, it was a high goal. And that's what we've been working at and, and um, growing. So I'm excited because right now we have 10 groups. There's 97 people attending those 10 groups. There's 9.7 people per group. Which one of you is the 0.7? <laughs> 97 people enrolled in the groups. We're, we're multiplying two groups in the next month. Within the next month, we're going we're to start two brand new groups out of the two we have. And um, one of them is a, youth, a kids group. The other one is my group and Corey's group. We're going to be multiplying. So we're going to reach the first part within a month. We're going to have 12 groups with 8.08 people per group. We have, on average, eight people in each of these groups. Okay, and this is kind of exciting. That means that on average, each of our life groups needs four people in it. Four people adding to, adding to one group. And so if you're sitting here and you haven't started attending a life group, this is it. This is the time to go, you know, Lord, can I, can I get in one? Can I, can I come in and to become part of a family? Um, easy way, we're going to, life group leaders, that we can reach this. The average household size in California is 2.9. I don't know where all these points come from. 2.9, that's the average household size. You know, if you get one household into your life group, it's going to probably grow by three to four people. And there it is. By the, in four months, it's possible that we could reach 12 groups with 12 people in each by simply reaching one household, one family for Jesus and, and adding them to our groups. And, and we just desired that the lost would be saved, that those that are not in church, not in fellowship, would get reunited into the body of Christ. We have a number of people who attend life groups that don't attend church in, in any local church. That's okay, because it's not about being in a church. It's about being part of the church, part of the body of Christ. And that's what we're doing. 
This morning, we want to just spend a few minutes and we want to pray for the, the groups that are multiplying, but we want to pray for all of our leaders. And I want to highlight all the leaders this morning, and I know not all of them are here. I'm, I went in alphabetical order because you always wonder, you know, whichever way you go, somebody. But we have our, our life group leaders are Ed Breyer. He, he leads a high school um, men's or a high school guys group. Shan Breyer leads a women's group. Karen Cumberland runs a family group. Um, and she's got a lot, she's really got a, a multiple leaders in her group. It's really exciting. Bev Hastings, she runs um, a woman's group on Wednesdays. Matthew Hastings and Brian Taylor, they're crazy. They have a kids group. And this, this it's, we need some help because this is one of the groups that's going to multiply. And what's going to happen is, is Brian is going to take the, the junior high kids and start a junior high's, junior high cell. And Matthew's then going to be back to leading the kids' cell all by himself. And these, these kids are, you know, Lexi's been there. She knows they're kind of crazy. And so we're going to be praying for them. But they also each need some help. Um, so be praying on Wednesday nights if you'd come. And, and especially probably Matthew. I think Brian with the junior high, he might be okay. But we'll, we'll have to see. Um, I, I lead a, a, family, a family group. And, um, and, and Corey's going to be taking my group, and we're going to be taking just a small handful of people and starting from scratch other than that. We're just going to take a small group from the group, and we're going to try to build up a whole nether group of 12 to 15 people and leave Corey with this thriving group that yeah, loves food. <laughs> Shirley Hastings leads the girls' high school group. Joe Stangle has a men's group that meets in the afternoons on Tuesday. Linda Stangle has another women's group, also meets in the afternoon on Tuesdays. And then we have one off the hill, hill uh, uh, group, Bob and Jolene Taylor. And they run it off the mountain, and they've gathered together just this amazing misfit group of people who love each other. And there's a, there's a, a Mormon family in their group who's learning about Jesus and and all these people who, who are like-minded because they, they all you know, live on boats and do different things like that, but they're teaching and discipling. And there's so much growth happening in that group. So we have 10 groups now. Within a month, we're going to have 12. Maybe by the end of the year, we'll, we'll still have another multiplication or two and have 13 or 14. And we want to grow. But we want to pray for these leaders. But I'm going to ask, Brian's not here to may ask Corey and Matthew to come up. Um, we're going to pray for the, the groups that are going to be multiplying. And um, ask, we're going to ask the elders, Pastor Jeff, the Stangles, to come and lay hands on these, on these guys as we're, we're celebrating growth. Just like we celebrated when we had the baby last week. We need to celebrate life. And life is happening in groups all over the place. Sleeping life there. But uh, Corey and Matthew come. And uh, Brian is not here. Elders, we want, we want to pray. And... and um, and we want to pray for all of these leaders, all these things. But as Matthew starts his own group again, and, and Corey, this is Corey's first time leading. And uh, so it's, it's been an exciting time. Let's stretch our hands and just, just pray for these guys.
taste this. And we offer it to you as a sacrifice this morning. Pray for Roy, Matthew, and Brian. God, as they give themselves over to our leadership and our father, we pray that you will, in their insufficiency, you will become their sufficiency. God, in their lack, you will become all they need. And in your ability, they will serve. God, I pray for an anointing to come upon them as they minister. That it will be ministry by the power of the Holy Spirit, not of self. Lord, that you will also protect them and to cover their minds, their heart, their spirit, their bodies for help. Lord, that you will set them apart as utensils, as it were, in the house of God, set apart and holy for your use and your use alone. Lord God, we praise you and thank you for their willingness. Pray that your anointing will carry them through in Jesus' name. Thank you. We thank you for life. We thank you for growth. God, we thank you that you have put this, this treasure in jars of clay, God. And that this all sufficiency is from you and not of ourselves. So, God, I pray that Brian and Matthew and Corey, they would rest fully on you and your grace and your strength. God, and I pray that you'd rise up those that would support and love and live life around them and encourage them that we would all grow that we continue to walk on this walk of learning more growing in you becoming fruitful parts of the body of Christ if you're leading a life group go ahead and stand right where you are we want to pray for all the life groups leaders If there's a leader, you don't have to stand with your knee, but Shirley's one leader. You know, if there's a leader around you, just lay hands on them. We want to pray for, for those that are already leading life groups. God would bless them and, and that they would cause them to, to rise and continue to do that, which is God, God has called them. Father, we thank you so much for, God, those that are given this man of leadership right now in these life groups. God, we pray that you would bless and encourage them. Father, strengthen them in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would cause fruitfulness to happen from their lives. Lord, that those in their groups would grow spiritually and they would live lives that would be fruitful also, Lord God. Strengthen them, provide for them, meet their needs, protect them spiritually, God. Thank you for their dedication to the body of Christ, Lord God. Hallelujah. Father, we pray for future leaders, those that are are being uh, discipled and groomed now, God, that you would... Encourage them and keep them safe and minister to them also, Lord Jesus. And Father, finally, we pray for ourselves as members of the body of Christ, as members of life groups, God, that you would help us to have a passion. Lord, a passion to make disciples, a passion for prayer, a a passion to know you deeper and to be filled with the Holy Spirit and power. God, a passion for the Word and to grow spiritually. To, to have a heart and eyes for the lost and be busy about the Father's work in evangelism, God. God, I pray that you would help us each as individuals to grow in the idea of community and, and to put our, our own, own ways down and learn to live more and more in, in groups of people and in community, caring for the brothers, allowing our own vulnerabilities to, to come forth, Lord. And that, Lord, that we would be part of this great, grand plan that you have of being part of multiplication, 
our own lives multiply in the lives of others, of young people, of old people, God. And that, that as we would do that, multiply our own selves, your work in us multiplied out to others, that our life groups would also grow. Lord, and that you would effectively reach this community for Jesus. Lord, through the ministry of the body of Christ, living in community, being obedient to your call. Father, we celebrate growth. We celebrate all that you're doing. We thank you for this, this service and this morning and all that you have in the future. God, we lay hands on ourselves, God, and say, impart to us your Holy Spirit. Do something new in our hearts this morning. Do something new, God. The service wasn't dynamic. It wasn't, wasn't amazing. But you are dynamic and you are amazing. Do an amazing work inside of us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah.